The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. If I hadn't had that break where I was starved, if you like, of the mental exercise, mm. I was starved of mental exercise. Being stimulated, yeah. yeah um, if I hadn't joy. had that, then I wouldn't have jumped at this with both hands, feet, and everything. Motherhood. Before it all started, and I would lie in bed thinking, what am I going to do while the kids were really little? And I would worry about what am I going to do because I need to do something. I'm their role model. Although it's an amazingly worthy thing to be a stay-at-home mum and it's fantastically rewarding and really important, I have to have something else to show them other than the ability to mother. And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent and I'll be digging deep acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. Someone said to me, you should really stick with what you know. I thought, no, you know, I want to have a new idea, I want something groundbreaking and I kept looking for these groundbreaking ideas that were going to take the world by storm. Actually, I don't think that's necessarily the most productive way to go. I think if you do something that you really, really believe in, and that ticks your boxes and works for you, you're going to have much more success with it because you can make it work. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we start this week's episode, I want to let you know about my new sponsor, the Urban App. Urban is an on-demand wellness app on a mission to empower people through well-being. It allows you to book the treatments you need, such as a massage, in the comfort of your own home by choosing from a wide variety of highly qualified therapists, which is brilliant as you can pick the perfect treatment or therapist for you. I personally love Urban and have used it on many occasions, often very last minute when I've had some unexpected free time and would probably describe it as an Uber for massages. So if this sounds like something you need in your life, and truthfully, who doesn't? I've arranged for you to receive a 15% discount off your first treatment with Urban. So simply download the app, fill in your details, and then when you're ready to book the treatment, type in the code KATE15 at checkout. That's KATE, K-A-T-E, 1-5 at checkout. Currently, Urban is operating in and around Manchester, London, Birmingham and Paris. And in London and Paris, they are also offering a wide variety of different beauty and wellness treatments. And they are soon hoping to expand this offering as well to other cities. So do keep your eyes peeled. And now on to this week's podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. It is episode three. Um, Thank you so much again for all your support over the past couple of weeks. It's really meant a lot and I guess welcome if this is your first time listening to the podcast. I've had loads of great feedback and really interesting comments as well and I know that a lot of people got lots out of the Susie Redding podcast from last week 
And that really means a lot to me because I've had messages and emails telling me that they're going to be adopting better self-care practice. And I guess it's created an awareness and that has made me really happy. So if we can continue with the momentum and each guest can inspire and motivate and support you, then that is really what I'm here for. So, um, yeah, episode three, it is with my sister-in-law, Natalie Kenton. She has a brilliant story and I hope you all enjoy it. And I think this is one for working mums, for stay-at-home mums and anyone really in between or anyone that is suffering from a bit of niggling self-doubt or lack of self-confidence that they aren't capable of more than they're doing now. So if this is what you are feeling and um, maybe this might be resonating, definitely take a listen. As always, please do share and send to anyone that you think might benefit from this podcast. So here it is, um, my podcast with Natalie Kenton. So hello, I have Natalie Kenton here. Natalie is my sister-in-law and I wanted to do a full disclosure that she is in fact my sister-in-law, but that's not the reason why she is on the podcast today. I wanted Natalie on here because her story I find really inspiring and really empowering and I think a lot of you will as well. And her story is so important because it gives lots of other people this hope and motivation that you don't have to always do what you know and you can start afresh and you just don't know where it's going to lead you. So I think maybe we'll just start from the beginning. I'll kind of give everybody a little bit of an idea of where you started from. You've got three daughters, your eldest is 21 and your youngest is 16. Yeah. And you live in London, and your background originally was TV. Correct. So you went straight from uni and went into working in TV, and that's where yeah. you met your husband, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about working in TV when you were the very beginning stages of your family. I didn't work in TV at the beginning stages of my family. I'd already left. Okay. I stopped work two months before our eldest was born, before Emily was born. Um, with the intention of going back. But when the reality hit home and she was a few months old, working in an industry where the, um, the hours were really ridiculously long, the contracts were random, so it was really hard to arrange childcare. Um, and both, both me and Nick worked in the same industry. So going back to work in an industry that I'd left wasn't an option at that time. And so we decided that I wouldn't. Mm. And so I didn't. Um, and went on to have two, two other children. Quite quickly. Quite quickly. Within the space of four years, we had three children. And I didn't work the entire time. They were not at school. Okay. So you had how many years? A good eight to ten years without working. Eight years without working. And then once Eve was at school, so age four. Mm. Um, so that's eight years not working. I then started doing stuff because I needed to for my own headspace. Because you, know? you were really in the thick of it. I mean, I remember we didn't have children of our own at the time. And I remember coming to your house and you had three very young children. 
and you didn't have your mum on hand, no. so you 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 were sort of in London, not isolated, but you didn't have you know support on tap network, and it was full on. Yeah, it was full on. I don't regret it for a minute. Yeah, it was completely full on, and at the time it was difficult, but you make great friends, and you just take a day. You just stumble into the next day and stumble out of bed again the next morning and carry on until you can get back into bed again. And before you know it, they are And before you know it, they're actually, they've left home. Um, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So my first trial um, of doing some work was running cookery courses. Um, And I did that because I did have knowledge of it. When I worked in TV, I'd worked on cookery programming. And I knew how to deliver the courses. So I, I designed cookery courses for people's nannies and au pairs um, so they could make family meals. And it, it was a nice little enterprise, but it was never going to be consuming full time. Not that I wanted anything full time at, at that time. And actually it was a bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't... It wasn't me. It just wasn't me. Um, it's funny, isn't it, when you say that it wasn't me, because you kind of, at the time, you're thinking, right, I'm going to make this work. Yeah. And then you, there's that little voice inside of you saying, no. Yeah, it, it was too isolating. It was quite a solitary thing to do, um, because even though I was keep teaching other people. They weren't people I would necessarily have anything in common with other than we were feeding children. Um... And it was hard to get the. It was hard to constantly generate new mm. leads. It wasn't a good business model, basically, and I knew that. Okay. Um, but at the same time, it just so happened that our girls were all at a school where there wasn't really very much PE or physical activity, um, and all their out-of-school clubs, sports clubs that they were doing that you sign them up to and you drive yourself mad getting them there. They always ended up saying, oh, do I have to go? I don't want to go. And you think to yourself, I'm spending all this money and they don't want to do it. And they were all solitary sports. They were things like swimming and ballet and gymnastics. And I kind of got it. It might be a bit boring. Maybe they didn't want to do that after they'd been sitting down all day at school. So I went, I approached the school. I didn't. That's not what happened first. (laughs) I was standing in the playground one morning with my gym gear on because I was dropping Eve off at school and then going to the gym. And this woman came up to me and said, oh, you look sporty. Will you run the school netball team, uh, swimming team? And I said, none of my kids really swim. They won't be in the team. She said, oh, it's only once a year they have a tournament. So I said, okay, fine, I've got time to give. I'll give it to the school. So I, I started running the school swimming tournament and it was so much fun. I loved it. I, I got really into it and I got all these other people on board and it became quite a good thing. And then I decided that actually it wasn't swimming that was where my passion lay because I didn't know anything about swimming. <laughs> um, and I went and had a meeting at the school to see if I could start a lunchtime netball club. Okay. Um, not that I had played netball since secondary school. Okay. So we're talking a good, at the time, maybe 25 years I hadn't played netball for. And even at school, I wasn't a particularly strong player. I was a good player, but I wasn't anything special. Um So I thought, you know, I know the positions, how hard can it be to run a kid's lunchtime club? And I did it more so that my kids had something to do at lunchtime that wasn't just walking around a playground. Um, And that's where it started. 
So where did the light bulb moment come from where you were doing this on a small scale? How did you then grow it to the, the place it is now with 400 kids? Okay, so I did it at their school for about four or five years, voluntarily. Doing um, the same lunchtime? Lunchtime, and then it turned into a morning club as well because it was oversubscribed. Um, so then we did we, we did a different year group um, before school in the morning and they became really good and I had some kids who were at the school who should have been in a netball club playing at a higher level and they couldn't afford it so I thought maybe I could sponsor them because it wouldn't be a lot to sponsor a child to go and get netball training and then I thought about thought, well, it's not really very sustainable. How long can I do that for? And how many children can I do that for? I'd better off just setting up a club that they could come to free of charge. Mm. And then my kids get to go to it as well. And so do their friends. Um, and that's, that's where it started. And I didn't start doing it out of school until my children had left their primary school because I didn't ever want to charge at the primary school while they were at it. Okay. So they left primary school and that's when things started getting yeah, bigger. Yeah. Eve was now seven. Um, because I think this is a really interesting thing to mention is that I think so many of us are impatient and we want, we, we come up with an idea or we want something. Do you know what? I would love to say that it was a well-structured, well-considered, well-planned business. It isn't. It has grown completely organically and all I've done is take opportunities. If I hadn't said yes to the woman in the playground about swimming, mm. which is completely unrelated to what I'm doing, I genuinely don't know if this would ever have happened. So it, it, it's not through design, it's through having a passion to make something good and also the advantage I had coming from I'm really sorry that's a leaf blower isn't it, it is a leaf blower. I'm sorry <laughs> must be the neighbours the um yeah we'll, we'll just have to kind of just get over the leaf the blower advantage in the background. of being where I was at as a parent was I knew what my kids enjoyed and I knew what made something good so for them to want to go to it and for parents to want to pay for it I knew exactly the mark I had to hit The Ambitious Mum, the podcast about ambition, motherhood and everything in between. So your kids are now in secondary school. Yeah. And you are realising this is actually something that I can make into a business yeah, yeah. and make into a, a yeah, career and a yeah. job. So I went and got, I went and got trained and, and, and okay. did a train. I obviously became a netball coach and did all the got all the qualifications I needed and all my first aid courses and all things like that but this um, is only after how many years of doing five this? five years well while I was at the school coaching at um their primary school the school did send me on a, an afternoon course I think they had to for insurance purposes and I again found that I really loved it and mm. I, I realized at that point that this was something that I was going to do for quite some time but I didn't ever realize it was going to be as big as it is. You know, I started the club in 2012. Um, 
with 34 kids. And in my head, I thought, well, you know, this could be a really nice little earner. You know, this could pay for our summer holiday once a year. This would be amazing. I could you know, turn this into a lovely little business and I'd manage it in my own hours and it would work well with the kids and they could all come to it and play netball. Yeah. Because that's another thing. You've had all your kids there doing it with you. Yeah. And so they've seen you grow this business. Yes, they have. They've seen it, how it's taken off. They've seen how the hours that you've had to put in in the mornings and the evenings they've been there umpiring helping yeah. you coach yeah so the example that you're setting is quite remarkable do you know what I remember before it all started and I would lie in bed thinking what am I going to do before I'd actually started doing this while the kids were really little and I would worry about what am I going to do because I need to do something I'm their role model mm. I can't just although it's an amazingly worthy thing to be a stay-at-home mum and it's you know fantastically rewarding and really important I have to have something else to show them other than the ability to mother mm. there is that sort of very fine line isn't there because it's also for your sanity and your mental health and yeah. your you having identity outside of being a mother it doesn't take the guilt away yeah even if they're with you while you're coaching you know often I'm then we come home and it's half eight and I dinner's not even thought about never mind ready you know sometimes they're having dinner at nine o'clock at night and I'm thinking hmm not so great but that's how it is but you that's how it is yeah you know that's how I can make it work in the early years it worked really well with me working on a Sunday because it meant that Nick was at home to look after the kids and we didn't have to worry about childcare. um and it evolves and your family evolves around your working pattern I was going to say that, that you've cre- you created a model that worked for you and your family and you made choices that worked and yeah. ways that you could sustain it and grow it as, they, as the kids got older. Yeah, I mean, that's how the kind of coaching before school in the morning started because I couldn't really do it after school. I had to be around for them after school. But I could do it before school. Mm. <laughs> so I could, you know, get, drop them at school and then go and coach. Um, and they'd get there early for breakfast club or whatever. Um, so you make ways. it work, you, do, you know. So what would you tell any women who are out there who are saying, I haven't got the qualifications, I haven't got the experience, I don't know what I'm doing, and they're kind of like stunted by this kind of fear? I would say that if you're lucky enough to stumble upon an idea that ticks so many boxes then you have got nothing to lose but give it a go. But if you can't find that idea, you just have to be open to the opportunities that are around you. You really... and Someone said to me, you should really stick with what you know. And I thought, no, I, you know, I want to have a new idea. I want something groundbreaking. And I kept looking for these groundbreaking ideas that were going to take the world by storm. Actually, I don't think that's necessarily the most productive way to go. I think if you do something that you really, really believe in and that ticks your boxes and works for you, you're going to have much more success with it because you can make it work, mm. you know, and you can, you get so much reward from making something happen that's good for a lot of reasons. Not just that you're benefiting from it, but everyone around you is benefiting from it hugely. And 
that's a great business model <laughs> because you because you know, your passion's there yeah and yeah. whatever happens you'll always have that passion yeah so you have got this amazing netball club you've got you started at sort of what 20 30 yeah, kids, 30 kids yeah. you've now got 400 kids on your books yeah um you are probably going to keep growing or what's what's well, your plan for the future well that's just it that's why i kind of said about having a plan i didn't have one and i haven't have kind of got a vague plan. Sorry, my dog's come to join That's in. Okay. Um, I've got a vague plan in that I don't really, I can't, I can't see the market being saturated. There are just so many kids out there who all want to do sport, and netball for some of them will be their sport. And there are loads of netball clubs, and it isn't really having an impact on the business's growth. And I keep thinking, oh, it's probably not going to grow anymore, you know. But it does keep growing at the same rate year in, year out. Um, and I now employ, well, I don't, I now have other coaches working with me um, who I've now got three other coaches and 14 teenage assistant coaches um, who all help out in sessions and, you know, either do it voluntarily so that they can use it for their DV or their leadership course that they might be doing with their GCSE. You know, it's amazing because you're giving them that experience, but also showing them how to build a business and how being an entrepreneur works when you're a mum as well. Yeah. Because essentially, that's what you are. <laughs> yeah. You are. Yeah. It has be- in the last year, it's definitely become actually more that I'm doing less and less coaching and more and more managing a, a business that's got a little bit bigger than I ever thought it would. And suddenly I'm managing people rather than. Because yeah, your 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 home life has changed quite drastically over the past couple of years as well. Yeah. So you had the girls very quickly, which meant that they let leave home very quickly. Correct. So from having a quite a busy household, you now just got Eve, the youngest in the house, who's doing her GCSEs. Done her GCSEs. Done her GCSEs, doing her A levels. Yeah. yeah. So and you've got two of the girls at uni, and so please God, in two years you're not going to have anyone in the house unless they come back and live. Correct. And so a lot of people kind of think this is when I'm going to wind down. This is when we're going to kind of like go on nice okay, holidays. So for me, it's when I'm going to completely ramp it up. <laughs> so, and that is what is so exciting because you know at this, it was so hard. I remember having a chat with my brother. We went for a walk one day. I was having a chat with him, and I said it's so hard keeping it as small as as I'm having to keep it. My waiting lists were ridiculous at the time. I said, but I just can't give any more time to it because of the kids. And I, you know, there were a good couple of years at the beginning when I first started it where I did purposefully keep it small so that I could still be around a little bit more than I am now. And that's really, I see, I'm curious about that. That's a luxury. That. Uh, that's a luxury of working for yourself. Yeah. And fitting in, going to the gym and having lunch with your friends. And that's an absolute dream, isn't it? Really? It <laughs> Don't is. Don't want to be smug. No, it is. And you, you know, a lot yeah. of people aren't fortunate to be able Absolutely. to do that and and you know the fact that you were and the fact that you recognize it is really good yeah but it's that notion of keeping ourselves small because we as women need to be around for our kids and I'm not generalizing because there's a lot of men that stay at home and, and but essentially the majority of women have to keep themselves small for quite a number of years and that has an impact on you know self-esteem and self-confidence and then that kind of oh, actually, my kids have now grown up and I've kept myself small for so long. I don't know how to 
grow bigger and you almost have to reinvent yourself and restart that whole yeah yeah and a lot of women are fearful of that and it is something that but you know what that's what's even more exhilarating when you then go out of your comfort zone Mm. and take those opportunities that I'm talking about where you think I've never done anything like this before I can't believe I'm doing this at this age and you take a big deep breath and you do them and you come away and you think I've missed that Mm, the adrenaline yeah not the adrenaline just the new experience how often do you have a new experience on your own mm. without your children or your husband or, yeah just a new experience in the workplace that takes you completely you know out of your comfort zone I got asked to go and coach a team abroad which meant staying in a hotel room with someone of my daughter's age for two weeks completely out of my comfort zone and I had to do it. I have to take those opportunities. You know, it's CV fodder and you, you have to explore all opportunities. And I did it thinking, I am dreading this. And mm. it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And you wouldn't have been able to I do that when the kids... kids that weren't mine, who I shouldn't have really had any emotional investment in. Yeah. Because I didn't really know them that well. And it was great. It was absolutely brilliant. But you wouldn't have been able to do that when the kids were young to do two weeks away. And so that's what's great about seeing this kind of evolvement of knowing that just because it's looking the way it does now, it's only temporary. And as sad as it is, that's when the kids grow up. But at the same time, you kind of like know that there's that kind of new chapter waiting for you if you want it when the kids get bigger and they don't need you sort of as hands-on anymore so that's why I find your story so inspiring is that I don't know if I'd have approached it all with so much um passion and drive had I carried on working in their younger years if I if I'd gone back to work even if I then decided to start a netball club some years on if I hadn't had that break where I was starved, if you like, of something like a, a, a mental exercise. Mm. I was starved of mental exercise. Being stimulated. Yeah. yeah for um, if I hadn't enjoyed. had that, then I wouldn't have jumped at this with both hands, feet and everything. Mm. Um, but I was absolutely ready for it. Yeah. And so were, so were the kids. You know, six, eight and ten. That's okay to go to work then, I think. Yeah, you know, it's okay to go to work when they're younger, but you kind of think I've done my time. <laughs> it is, and that's what's great about interviewing all these different amazing women is that everyone's making choices that are right for them and for their families. And you knew that you wanted to be around for them when they were younger, and you could, and you knew that it was right for you for you at the time. Yeah, yeah. and then you also recognised when you were ready to to not be at home, and it's important that women understand that these choices are so personal and everyone makes these choices you know and it doesn't make you right or wrong or a better mother or a worse mother it just means that you're doing something that's right for you it's amazing that we've actually got that that choice yeah that's a new thing really isn't it in the last 50 years for us to have that choice Mm. is a huge a huge step forward yeah and the fact that there's the flexibility out there now and there's you know it's not all or nothing and there's ways yeah, I, mean, around I would it. say most of my contemporaries so people with kids of similar ages most of them all run their own what some people call them cottage industry like micro businesses 
that are very successful mm. um, and they're hugely underestimated. I do remember for years standing in the playground looking around at a pickup or a drop-off thinking, what an amazing collection of brains there must be in this playground. What are they all doing? Yeah. You know, I would love to know because must, there are so many missed opportunities in playgrounds. <laughs> I, I say that, the hustle that goes on in oh, playgrounds. Yeah, absolutely. The networking yeah. that you can do in five minutes, yeah. dropping the business, business partners you can find. Is, yeah. You know, you see people growing. I've seen it happen time and time again, just something small that grows and grows yeah. and grows. Um, and I think that's also a huge big thing, is that nothing has to start off huge. Mm. You know, it's great to have be ambitious and to have somewhere to aim at, but if, it's much more manageable to start something small and grow it. I think that's amazing. So interesting. Um, I know that whatever you do with it is going to be successful and you because you've put your own personal brand and your own person your personality into the business so it's very exciting so something that I always ask my guest is what would you tell your younger self when you first became a mum and you were there and you were in the thick of it with nappies and babies and everything going on that you I guess what would you say to that person who would eventually want to start working again I would say not to give myself a hard time, (laughs) which is something I'm very good at, not to give myself a hard time and that if I'm going to be a stay-at-home mum, to do it well and basically not try and rush it. Everybody says it to you, but it's over so so quickly. And as long, just do whatever you're going to do, just do it well. It doesn't matter whether you're a stay-at-home mum or you're doing work part-time or you're at work full-time and you've got nannies and childcare in place. But if that's what you're doing, you can still do each of those roles well and not give yourself a hard time about it. Um, because there isn't, like you said, a right or a wrong. And you can make it right, whatever your choice is. You can make it work for, for your family and believe in it. Um, and not to, not to worry because actually there is time. There really is time to do what it is that you're feeling passionate about doing that it's out you know the time is there for you and it's not too far away i love that thank you great advice thank you for being on the podcast and um thanks for having me yeah and i guess anyone that has any questions about netball and maybe i guess guiding if they've got daughters that are based um in london is there anywhere that i can guide them to or is there a website what, of mine or yes, generally? for you, yes. yes. Uh, um You can find me through England Netball as well on their Engage website. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. So that is this week's episode done. I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'd love to know if some of the insights resonated with you or if there were some takeaways that you're possibly able to apply to your life. I would really love to hear your feedback and perspective on today's conversation as well. Perhaps we talked about a topic that sparks something within you or you have something to offer to the other listeners. Either way, I would love to hear from you. In order to help grow the Ambitious Mum community and allow the podcast to be heard by other people, please do rate, subscribe and share it across your social networks. This will really help with the visibility of a new podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Coaching by Kate 
and do use the hashtag the ambitious mum podcast so I can find your comments easily so please do get in touch if you have any more to say I'll also provide all links to my guests and my contact details on the ambitious mum show notes too see you next week Thank you.